0: hello everyone and welcome this is episode 11 of the lion and the right podcast with andre bright and this episode i'm joined with sheila and aka sit and she's going to be talking to us about culture and all sorts and we cover so much topic we had to split it up into two episodes so this is episode one of that so buckle up here we go <laughs> We're rolling. It's on and we're recording. I am in the room with a goddess, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is awesome to have you here. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Welcome. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show, <laughs> as bad as, as that sounds. Um, but yeah, um, in case anyone doesn't know, introduce yourself. <laughs>
1: Love it! I was waiting for this. Mm. Um, so my name is Sheila Atta.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! I know there's more names in there.
1: <laughs> I was, I was about. To <coughs> oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, gone. Sheila Atta. Um, my also oh, my full name is mm. Sheila Sitchofe Afua Atta. Okay. That is my full name.
0: Amazing, <laughs> amazing.
1: But I usually go by Sheila or Sitchofe, which is mm. now the name that I'm introducing, introducing more so now.
0: Oh, okay. Is there a reason for that?
1: i just feel really connected to that name right okay um i feel like i've graduated from sheila to sito um mm. yeah and so, i'm just i'm reclaiming that
0: so what's the difference between sheila and si- wow please,
1: please, <laughs> please. <Hold laughs> on, wow was that close no not wow. even close
0: no. come on no stars no jesus Si-o- Fair.
1: Fair. No, it's fine. No worries. <laughs> we'll get there.
0: I'm, we'll get listen, there. I'm trying, folks.
1: I'm still learning as I well. I hope
0: you lot at home are trying <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> like, they're just leaving me out here. So, yeah. So what's the difference between who those two are to you?
1: Sitio Fair being my, my Ewe name mm-hmm. really allows me to just really touch base with my culture, my heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a very long time, I was never, ever Sitcho. Um, because I had no sort of association or affinity with being African, let alone being Ghanaian. Right. So that name was shunned to the side and Sheila was who I was. Okay. You know, someone who I felt was a bit more palatable, you know, especially because of the name being Sheila. Okay. Um, you don't really know if I'm white or black or whatever. Okay. So for me, it just allowed me to, um, yeah, to be this particular persona and take on this particular persona. Mm. And, and navigate where Citrafair was just too too African for me at the time where I was like, no way.
0: And which time would this be?
1: Ooh, ooh. We're going back in time. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 let's
0: go. Going back back in time. to the future. Pass. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um this was so I really started reclaiming Citrafair when I was let's say twenty one, twenty
0: two. Okay. So, mm. for
1: the best part of my life, I was actually Sheila.
0: Right, okay. Actually yeah. Sheila.
1: Um, and like I said, it was just the fact that I had no affiliation, or mm. I just didn't want to associate myself with actually being Ghanaian. And mm. that's because when I left the home, there was no positive sort of portrayal of Ghana, of Africa. Right. Everything was negative. Mm-hmm. As a result, I just didn't want to be associated with that. Mm. Um, so that was my way of just disconnecting and severing any sort of connection yeah. by just disowning that name and just going ahead with Sheila, which mm. allowed me to become someone else, I suppose.
0: So what was what were the perceptions you did have of Africa and Ghana and your Eric culture at just all? Just
1: everything you'd see in the media. Right. There was okay. nothing positive at all. Mm. Nothing positive at all. So I would attribute all of that to Africa.
0: Mm.
1: I mean... Being a lot younger, I saw children in their huts. You'd yeah. You'd see flies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there were just names as well that would come with that, African bubble. Yeah. There were just a lot of negative connotations attached to being African. Mm. Um, and being such a young person, I just didn't want to be ridiculed or humiliated, so I tried okay. my very hardest to just separate myself from that. Um. And sit-up was just, yeah, my way of just saying, Mm-mm. yeah, yeah.
0: So obviously we've known each other for a little while, so we've had similar conversations before where you've told me some some of the stuff, but what what did you kind of attribute yourself to at the time?
1: I was <laughs> I was half Jamaican.
0: <laughs> Matt. <laughs> that's what I that's what I remember you saying. I was, yeah.
1: I was actually half Jamaican. I think it's because I noticed from a very young age that there was a almost like a hierarchy within Mm. our community and the caribbeans more specifically the jamaicans were celebrated more Mm. and i think everyone wanted to sort of drink from the bosom of jamaica Mm -hmm. and Mm. i wanted to be a part of that culture as well yeah so i used to say that i was half jamaican which will take away some of the blow from being fully african wow so yeah that was my way of like being part of this cohort Mm. to save myself save myself from humiliation and just being ridiculed And I did that for the longest time. Like, I had a a whole story. My grandmother was half something. I can't remember the the narrative at the time, but I had something very strong and solid that allowed me to carry the story for such a long time. I know.
0: That is a lot of things. Do you know what? That felt like the first time I heard it.
1: Really? Yeah, (laughs) because
0: it was like... Because I remember the first time I heard it, I was just like, wow, really? Because I was saying that with me, it was a slightly different experience because... I was born in Sierra Leone, so when I came here, um, which is kind of what my performances were about at first, um, I couldn't relate to the things that I saw on screen and what the other kids were saying because we were coming from a very wealthy middle class Mm -hmm. background, and the quote I remember thinking almost was that we downsized coming to UK, so you know we're from a community where. You had high walls and mm. a guard at the at the gates and yes, yes. A house help and all this kind of yeah. stuff and you got a driver and things like and the other and then you come here where the your apartment is the size of your <laughs> your old living your, room
1: exactly if that if that, <laughs> if that your bedroom, exactly yeah. and
0: it was like and I remember hearing them saying all these names and talking about huts and lions and stuff like that and I was laughing because I was like I have no idea what you talk about these people are crazy
1: but so see you're lucky because you had that direct reference. Yeah. For someone like me I didn't. I mean right. in the home um it's not that my parents didn't really celebrate being Ghanaian. <clears throat> it's just that when I left the house that mm. wasn't supported. You know, mm. so at home it was okay to eat fufu and soup and yeah. you know listen to our African music. It was it was okay. Yeah. But when I left the house
0: mm-hmm. there was
1: something else that I was receiving. <laughs> Yeah so what would happen was I would go home and start to see my parents as liars interesting yeah there was a lot of resentment because I was just like why are we celebrating this if outside in the world it's not being celebrated if outside in the world it's being portrayed as this right you know so I know that there was a lot of resentment that I would bring back into the home, and I think my way of sort of severing that connection mm. was to just say, Do you know what, I'm half Ghanaian, right, but I'm also Jamaican, but I'm going to participate more in sort of Jamaican culture.
0: Right. yeah What did your parents say think about that? Did they know?
1: They, I think they probably had like an inkling because there'll be times where I'll say, do not call me, sit up when my friends come over because uh-uh. I will not respond. Okay. Yeah, that was literally the you case. You will
0: not respond. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: my mum would be like, really? Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> sit up there.
0: I, I can imagine your mum doing that as well. Just like.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, my, my. I don't know what she's saying, guys. <laughs> I'm like, really right? saying <laughs> Who right. is that? Um, but yeah, they had an inkling. And mm. I think, because um, even now my mum says, what does she... She said, oh, you're you're no longer Jamaican. So I think... (laughs) (laughs) You're no longer Jamaican. So I think think we didn't actually have a a conversation. I didn't really sit down and tell her how I was feeling. But I'm sure, you know, mother's intuition, they pick up on certain things. Um, And she just saw how I was distancing myself more and more from our culture. She Mm -hmm. saw that. She Mm. really saw that by the way I was dressing, the way I was speaking... Um, just how I was acting but it was just a real identity crisis wow you know yeah
0: I'm trying to think of what it would be like now like say for example obviously um, that was then but if you were the same age now would the world be telling you the same story? Because at the moment there seems to be a slight. I mean, I may be over exaggerating or maybe whatever, but it's almost like an African Renaissance yeah, in the yeah, sense yeah. that yeah. it's like our time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought when when like Azonto and stuff came out, it'll probably be here for like a couple of weeks and, and then disappear. It but it's yeah, yeah. But it seems to be growing and and I think social media has kind of helped that in a sense that it's, it's the narrative can be back in the hands of the people, so we Absolutely. can show a little bit more. Yeah. of... What things look like, yeah. but what do you think Sheila would have been like, or would you have who do you think which of the two would you think would you you would have attracted to if you were that age now now do you think it would have been enough for you to um attribute to sich um
1: that's a really good question i we because may never what's happen- know yeah well. I mean what's happening in the home is still very much the same as what happened before right you know so I mean I'd have to sort of seek external information hmm. to um, not to validate myself per se but just to um, have a better idea of the culture as a whole yeah. and like you said with social media that's allowing us to be in charge of our own narrative absolutely and for us to show Africa in its entirety as opposed to just an aspect of Africa Mm. You know, um, so I think there probably would be a bit more pride. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But I don't regret my journey, and I don't regret mm. having gone through that experience because it's allowed me to be the person that I am today, and I, Absolutely. Give, I give thanks. For we all give thanks. <laughs> I give thanks for that <laughs> experience. I, I really do. Yeah, I really do. yeah.
0: And um, so, first of all, that's awesome because <laughs> I Thank think you. it's it's great that you've had like a, a bit of both of that because I find similar kind of thing with me because mine has just been a weird roller coaster. because yeah. like, obviously, born in Sierra Leone and everything's great, come to this new place and it's like, suddenly it's not cool to be me. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then being all these, because I grew up in, in, in white surroundings. So, when I went to school, it was white folk. When I went to church, it was white folk. Mm. But, when I came home, especially when I was in Birmingham, yeah. it was everything. Okay. So, okay. the Methodist Overseas Guest House was mm-hmm. like, a great, cauldron of just like cultures and all this kind of stuff but then similar to you that's at home when I stepped out of the home that's it it was a completely different story and I hadn't really considered the impact of those two worlds and what you said was really interesting about you basically thinking almost that the parents were lying
1: yeah yeah because there just wasn't enough there wasn't enough to sort of combat what mm. I was receiving when I left the house. Yeah. You know, other than them being really proud, mm-hmm. um, them speaking the language every now and then. Right. But, you know, speaking English predominantly. Mm. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was celebrated, but when I left the house, it was just a different, different environment, different story. Yeah. And for me, I was just like, how can you be proud to be mm. African of our name when media? And everyone else is telling me this. Yeah. You know, so it was really trying to, yeah, just trying to navigate that, which was quite difficult Yeah, at a very young age as well, you know, 100%. where you're just thrown with different impositions of who you should be, who you can be, mm-hmm. um, what you should be proud of, you know, yeah. and at that time I couldn't be a proud guardian. Mm. I felt like I couldn't be a proud guardian because yeah. of the lack of, of knowledge and information that I had.
0: Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of things has helped you on this journey now? So in fact, wait, before we even get to that, yeah. what happened around 21? Because you said that there was a change around then when well, you started to... We're
1: going to go there. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 21. So I'm just going to say... Okay. I'm just going to preface this. I'm very like anachronistic with time. So things yeah. might not be like chronological. No but problem, we'll no just... problem. Yeah. Um...
0: Neither were my questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that.
1: Um... Yeah. So what happened at 21? So for those who don't know, I am um, I don't want to just title myself as a as a dancer, mm-hmm. but dance is my main vernacular. Mm-hmm. It's it's what I use to communicate, um, it's um what I use to try and make sense of the world, it's my um my stress reliever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's many things for me. Um yeah. so I started Dancing from a very, very young age. I had a real yes. sort of rhythmic inclination. Um, and my auntie literally was like, you're going to dance whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So she was training me from a very young age. And yeah, we thank God. Um, we give thanks, mm-hmm. we give thanks. Um, but I found myself sort of falling off. Well, not falling mm-hmm. off as such, but not dancing as much. Because when you tell African parents that you want to become a dancer, they're like, sorry, you want to do all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so dance where, um, <laughs> It's not happening, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously... Um, I'm in secondary school. Things are happening in secondary school. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to go to college. Mm. What else am I interested in? So I've always been interested in human behavior, psychology. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna study psychology. So I studied that in college and studied that um, at university. Mm. Um. So I realized during that time, um, that I couldn't really just stop dancing or just leave dance. You know by the sideway, I was like i have to I have to find a way of relieving myself yeah. whilst I'm studying, yeah, right. so I picked up dance again, okay, I started off in like street dance, mm-hmm. um sort of like the hip hop um and popping okay um and then later on, I started house okay and house is like my best friend right <laughs> House is my best friend yes Sweet. so um, I'm studying, but I'm also still dancing mm-hmm. so anyway. Um, I remember going to a particular class. It was Turbo's class. Oh, okay. Yeah, doing a house class. Loved his class, full of energy, full of life. Just, yeah, just everything. Yeah. And I remember us um, in a circle. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, am I actually going to go in? But once (laughs) the music starts playing, that's it. You have no say over your body. Yeah. But what I actually noticed was my body started to fall in like an African fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This... At this point, I hadn't fully claimed my Africanness. Okay. So what I was doing was trying to strangulate my groove.
0: Interesting. Yeah. The focus
1: was just on the feet, okay. and because I saw a lot of dancers at the time just focusing on footwork and not really using their body, I was like, "Well, why am I now starting to groove in this particular manner?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "I need to focus on my feet. So let me stifle the groove." Okay. Um, so that was the sort of uh, the, the the beginning of when. My groove introduced itself, or mm. my Africanness introduced itself through my movement. Amen. Amen. I tell you. So anyway, I'm I'm training. Um, say about four years into house. Okay. And um, <laughs> I remember being in my room. Yeah. And the music's playing. It's doing its thing, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna take one step, and I'm just gonna play around with that step right. and try and create variations. Mm. Out of nowhere, (laughs) this Mm. this sounds really really weird. Out of nowhere, I had no control over my body.
0: Mm. I I
1: had no control over my over my body. Okay. (laughs) So the music's still playing, and my body just fully just lets go, and I can feel myself fighting. Wow. I can feel myself fighting. I can feel the resistance, and I'm crying. Wow proper crying I'm like what's going on because I'm confused I'm like what the hell is, am I possessed yeah, what the is yeah. going on? <laughs> the I hope no one I hope no one walks in <laughs> right. so, as this is happening my body is doing everything mm. half the things that I hadn't even trained in mm,
0: mm. so
1: traditional forms from my from my culture my body's doing that. Yeah, I'm telling you I am uh-huh. so my body's doing everything, just you know, just going for it, vibrations, pulses, everything is happening
0: right, yeah,
1: and this happened for a considerable amount of time, mm-hmm. but I had no control, and I could find myself, sorry, I could feel myself still fighting, yeah, and it got to that point where I was just like i can't I can't fight anymore, so right. I just had to surrender mm-hmm. so in this in 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 me surrendering, my body's still going, it's happening, mm-hmm. and then it literally came to a halt, right, yeah, and I'm just out of breath, and i'm Crying, crying, like what's going on? What's happening? And all I heard, God is my witness, mm. my daughter, you are finally home.
0: Hey, stop it! I was not ready.
1: <laughs> I swear you didn't tell me that before. I did. Is I it? Did, yeah. My memory
0: is not what it used to be then. <laughs>
1: my daughter, you are finally home, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this this is it. This is the beginning of my journey. Right. This is the beginning of me actually claiming my Africanness. And really understanding what it means to be a Ghanaian mm. You know What it means to be an era What it means to be a Voltarian So I'm from the Volta region yeah, um, yeah. So at that point I was like I'm willing to invest in myself I'm willing to invest and find out more about myself And that and that was The, the beginning of that real journey And I mean there were so many different things Happening and leading up to that particular situation mm. But that was it that wow. was That was it I was like okay I have work to do
0: I have oh, I to do i can't wait for your movie <laughs> <laughs> like like that's that's a lot of things that's um it's you know I feel like there's like everyone's got some kind of um okay maybe not everyone that's a huge generalization <laughs> but a lot of people I've spoken to have something they actually remember as something that connects them back in a way, and this is i mean that's a powerful powerful this, moment there
1: this is something that I can never ever forget mm. and I mean it was just the voice where I was just like where I heard the and it was a woman's voice mm. who said my daughter you are finally home and at that point I was just like this is definitely why I'm doing house yeah
0: yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah through doing house I was allowed to to make it a home mm. for myself you know mm. and make this a home for me and really appreciate this in its entirety.
0: For anyone listening, she's pointing out her body. Body,
1: there we go. <laughs> there we yes. go. Yes. <laughs> you. Right, you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, doing house has been just phenomenal. Mm. It's been like a real sort of, yeah, just a, an integral tool mm. that has allowed me to find myself. And I'm still finding myself and I'm creating myself at the same time as well. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That thing, I, right I almost need a minute, but that's, yeah, that's, that's powerful. Um, okay. So a couple of things. Okay, <laughs> go for it. Um, I want to go into the root of Sichon. So she's Ewe. She is. From Volta region. She is. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what is, what, are there any significant things about Ewe culture that come to mind for anyone who's never heard of? Because I know, like in 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 Ghana, well, even if we were to cast away the European boundary lines of all the countries in yeah, Africa, yeah. we'd we we look at different <laughs> tribes and everything, and people may have heard of Ashanti's, they yeah, may have yeah, heard yeah. of all this kind of stuff, but some people may not have heard of Ewe. Yeah. So what? Who were who are they?
1: So <laughs> the Ewes. So we, like I said, we're. If we're looking at ghana we are situated th- the south east mm-hmm. of ghana so we actually share a border with togo right and i know that there are areas in various different countries Berlin, um, mm. togo like i said ivory coast mm. um, and nigeria mm. yeah okay. um historically we, there's a bit of a journey but I know that what the story is where I'm from we yeah. actually um, were from the southern part of Nigeria okay Um, and then we sort of migrated due to various reasons okay but even before that it was Sudan or Benin mm. Sudan Ethiopia so it's wow. been a bit of a been a bit of a journey
0: mm. that's a lot do you know what I find interesting about that is like because when you hear about migrations and all that kind of stuff, like for me, I'm I'm thinking pre-colonial now. Yeah. I'm putting myself back in in that in that scenario, because a lot of people, and it, it's funny because when I was talking to Sam, who's also on the podcast, mm-hmm. the the researcher, we were talking about, um, you know, having evidence in pages that are hidden, yeah. but they do exist. Yeah. And sometimes people think to themselves, as so prim, uh, as Southern uh, South Saharan Africans is mm. primitive yeah. even today, today without yeah. the concept of migration." Like, because obviously we, even as tribes, travelled across the entire continent, Absolutely. which is like the second largest landmass, but also the first boats were ours. Mm-hmm. So in terms of our voyaging, we were we were doing that before anyone else as well. Um, so when you have things like um when you're talking about the airways and, and you're talking about that whole stretch that was covered by your tribe that some people would never even have heard Absolutely, of yeah. i think it's it's it can be such a powerful testament to us as 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 people just generally um and i'm talking to you pe you airways as well <laughs> who who either you know or you don't know your airway or like you know your airway but you don't really know about <laughs> it and everything um is there anything? Is there anything in terms of like culture that will be able to separate you from anywhere else, whether it's food or traditions or anything like that, clothes?
1: Ewes um, are known for really still practicing African spirituality. Okay. Um, which is obviously known as voodoo. Okay. Um, we do have a lot of Christians mm-hmm. within the Ewé community within the Volta region. But um, we still have a lot of people that practice um, traditional African spirituality, mm-hmm. which is them just really connecting with the earth, yeah. connecting with everything around them, and seeing the God in everything. Okay. You know, and realizing that they're also a part of that godliness as well, mm. of that sort of like great creation.
0: Okay. That is interesting. Um, so, and I say that because. I remember, oh, I can't remember who it was, but they were basically saying that sometimes the um, the concept of traditional African spirituality is that they have several gods and all this kind of stuff, but often it is not necessarily a god in inverted commas mm-hmm. at all. Sometimes it's just the concept of nature and being. That's it, and, and just all really
1: that app- and so. appreciating that. Yeah. Yeah, really appreciating that and just almost seeing yourself in everything. Mm-hmm. And seeing God in everything, and as a result, you just want to respect everything around you mm. you know um, and just cultivate something powerful yeah you know and, and I know that back home a lot of them still practice that, so they 're very much in tune with the earth, with the sun, with the moon, with the stars, mm. with themselves, with the trees, just yeah. in tune with everything
0: so what would that look like in practice
1: oh, that 's a that 's a question mm. what do you mean what would that look like in?
0: So, in my head, I'm yeah. going back to Senegal, yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I know you know yeah. what I'm about to say. Like, yeah. I remember, like, little things, like, we would wake up in the morning, shout out to Alessandra Sutton.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Like, and the whole vocab dance idea and dance Afrique Senegal changed my life mm-hmm. on a, on a, on another level. But one of the things we used to do every morning was um, stand on the rocks and just feel the warmth on your skin yeah, and you would yeah. turn around and literally just, like, Bing, I'm done like, you know, he, but then we had obviously that 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 kind of like guided walk as well yeah. when we were we were talking about the baobab trees and and just all of nature and really giving time to appreciate the the nuances of nature and listen, literally listening to the capillary reaction yeah. of a tree yeah. and then going out into the water and and obviously bringing movement into it, but appreciating the the feel of. Cold water on warm sand and and all that kind of stuff and I think for me and probably some other people as well yeah. who were there that that kind of changed the way I perceived my relationship with the environment Brilliant. as well. So that's that in my head that's what comes into mind. Okay, but like it could be I could be on some next
1: no tip, no. I mean for me I'm I'm planning to go to Ghana next year to do some serious research. Okay, into the agriculture culture and some yeah. of our practices and what that actually looks like. Um, Obviously, when we went to Senegal, it was a completely different experience, and there was a lot, you know, there was dance involved as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it was designed for us to really experience nature Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a bit of the culture. Um, But I'm assuming that it's probably going to be different back home in Ghana. Mm -hmm. So, that's something that I'm really, you know, trying to look into just to have a better understanding of what that actually does look like in practice. Yeah.
0: Is there anyone who's like here who's helped guide you in terms of that journey?
1: No, not really. No, okay. Yeah, so it was just research in terms of just reading, looking at various different, you know, literature, but there's still not a lot of information. Mm. So I'm just going to have to go back home in the hope that there's someone there that I can really speak to. Mm. Um, And I really want to document it as well. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of our stuff that's not actually documented. Yeah. And um, we know that people hold information. Yeah, in their bodies. People hold information as yeah. well. And, you know, we express that through movement, we express that through storytelling. Mm hmm. But if that person hasn't passed on that information to the next generation and they pass away, that means all of that information has gone with them. Absolutely. So now we have to start looking at ways in which we can actually start documenting it. Yeah. Um, and just expand the literature regarding mm. our culture as well.
0: I mean, I know you know about the whole um, line learns the right concept. Yes. And like part of it is archiving, which was, again, one of the reasons why... Um, Sam's input was so so powerful as a researcher yeah um like I want to ask you a question right Mm -hmm. so you we're talking about African spirituality in terms of the 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 area culture (laughs) um how do you identify even before like right now that journey I mean you've already gone sounds like it's gone on quite a journey Mm -hmm. already but it sounds like almost the chunk of the journey is about to start. Absolutely, like, yeah. So how would you describe where you're at now before this journey is about to kick off for the second part or third or fourth? or? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: in terms of where I'm at with my spirituality, yeah. or is that what is you mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm someone who's very, very connected to the environment, mm-hmm. very connected to the self. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've started doing is just really focusing on me yeah um and really trying to heal myself mm. really understanding what that actually looks like so i can create room to receive the information that i need to receive right um so the, the spirituality is happening within my internal environment right now right before i can actually really connect with the external environment
0: right right,
1: um, right so i'm really looking at ways in which i can cultivate that how I can mm. really elasticate my spiritual muscles and understand what that looks like mm-hmm. um, before I even go to Ghana and understand what sort of practices mm. they participate in and what that actually looks like in a practical sense. Yeah. So I'm starting with me first right? Um, by just working on the internal mm. um, and then piquing that curiosity. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, is this is this close to what it is that I'm gonna experience when I go back mm. home? Is it gonna be very different? Yeah. Um, am I ready for it? Am I creating room for it? Yeah. So yeah, so basically all I'm doing right now is just is just almost prepping myself. Yeah. Prepping myself to to go home and really understand mm-hmm. just just the culture in its entirety, our practices, our yeah. dance forms, how we come together as a people, us mm. fellowshipping just really understanding what that looks like, you know, mm. um, and finding ways in which I can take those principles and bring it back here and yeah. start um, building something strong for our community here. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that will lead me on to my next question. Who are your community here? In terms of like, so if if we, I'm assuming you're talking about the airway community here or just about the dance community here or Black community. The black community yeah. here in general. Okay, cool. So, first of all, Uh, Do you know what you kind of want to do when you bring back or is it one of these things where it's kind of like it's literally going to be as a result of whatever you experience over there?
1: So what I'm currently doing is I know that I touched on psychology Mm -hmm. earlier on. Um, Like I said, I've always been really interested in human behavior. Yeah. Um, And what I did was I integrated dance and psychology.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And that's something that I've actually been doing. So when I teach Everything more or less sits on like a psychological premise. I really look at the body language, mm-hmm. how the person's standing, where the tension sits in their body and what that actually says about that individual right. um, and how I can help them to better understand themselves, yeah. to liberate themselves um, and to go through you know, their own healing just to learn how to therapize themselves. But I do it in such a way where we're just having fun, right. but they're left with certain tools that they can then take away um, and continue to work on. Mm. Not only in terms of the dance technique, but to better understand who they are as an individual. Wow. Um, so that has been like the the whole premise of you know me wanting to go to Ghana and expand on it. Okay. So going back or going forward, however you want to say it. I like that. I'll really be looking at um, African psychology,
0: mm-hmm. mm. um, African
1: spirituality, and um, traditional forms, traditional um, African forms or Ghanaian forms. Um, and just looking at the interaction between these three um, aspects, right, and then really trying to build um, or formulate a paradigm that I can then bring back and start utilizing as some form of therapy. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I want to go. You split them up into the three things, right? African psychology, African spirituality, and physical forms, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, as in dance forms. Dance, dance forms. forms. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No problem. Um, before I even go back to, because I did have a question about the the way you're using dance to do all of that yeah. at the moment, but I found it really interesting that African spirituality, African psychology. Yes. Yeah. What have you found is the difference between what what you know so far about African psychology versus psychology you might have found in the West or contemporary styles?
1: So I just um, the reason why I really want to look into sort of. African psychology or Black psychology mm-hmm. is because I feel that a lot of the sort of modalities or therapeutic interventions right mm. now are so rooted in Eurocentricism right. that they don't really um, make space for our lived experiences as as Black people.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Um, I think now we're moving towards um, integrating different modalities, mm-hmm. so that they're a bit more culturally literate, okay. um, and so that they are more open to a uh, sort of diverse population. Mm-hmm. I think that's the direction that we're, we're trying to move in. Okay. Um, but just based on my own experiences and just talking to other people, um, there's been a real unhealthy relationship with the mental health services.
0: Mm. you know okay. um,
1: we find it difficult to seek help or seek therapy one because we have to start normalising mental health and what that looks like within the black community yeah I but agree. also because we don't feel like the therapies <clears throat> um, we don't feel like the therapies want to facilitate real healing
0: amongst us amongst us right yeah. as in their in, their actual intention yeah Right, yeah, okay.
1: Um, and like I said, because we feel that our lived experiences are not really reflected in some of these paradigms and modalities, right? Um, so as a result, I thought, let me try and really delve deeper into African psychology and what that actually looks like, or black psychology and what that looks like, mm. and once again, how I can take some of those principles and apply it to this sort of new modality that I'm trying to formulate. And mm. it's not just exclusive to us, but it's definitely to meet our needs, yeah, you know. But it's 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 for everyone yeah (laughs) it's for everyone but primarily it's it's for us for us to have a better relationship with ourselves Mm. and with each other Mm -hmm. um yeah
0: i thought it was so interesting the first time this i i came across this idea and i think you were one of the ones who kind of opened me up to it the concept of because i never even considered Mm. to be honest with you the concept of african psychology whether it precedes European psychology and what those two might look like separately but I guess um it makes perfect sense once you start to unlearn <laughs> like what you've kind of been been taught um because in my head I'm like if you're if you're basing everything that's written by European writers mm-hmm. their histories and their experiences are going to be very different Absolutely. to yeah. those of your ancestors effectively yeah. so um when you're when you're given advice or you ask questions or any of those kind of things it can it might not even be relevant to you am i kind of close Am my like what, what have your experiences been in that um eurocentric um psychological, psychological <laughs> arena
1: so i'm i'm going to uh be a bit personal so okay my own experience where I suffered with depression mm-hmm. um, during my adolescent years. Right. Um, and I actually tried to take my life twice. Mm. Um, but I'm here to tell the you story. You are here. <laughs> I'm here to tell the story. In the flesh. In the flesh. Amen. Um, and I remember um, being given uh, a therapist, being mm-hmm. assigned a, a, a therapist. And I had two sessions okay. with uh, a white man. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there, and I felt so, so uncomfortable. Okay. And I had to really understand where this discomfort was coming from. Mm-hmm. But firstly, I felt like he didn't really see me. Okay. Like he didn't actually really see me. And he was telling me how I should feel. He was telling me how I felt. And everything he was telling me was nothing like what I was feeling at that time.
0: Right, right, right. And I
1: felt like there was no real space for me to actually say, no, hold on. That is not how I feel. Yeah. Um, but I just, one, I just didn't have the confidence to really speak and say anything. And I just didn't want to challenge someone who was sat in a position of authority as well. Mm. You know? And I was, quite, I was quite young, but all of these things were going through my mind. And after the second session, I was like, there's no way I'm going back. Right. There's no way I'm going back. So I had to find another way of sort of therapizing myself. Mm. And honestly, that was through dance.
0: Right, okay. Dance
1: really... I know it sounds really like cliche. Yeah. Um, but dance gave me a chance to become visible. In a world where I felt... Where I was very, very sort of like invisibilized. Mm. dance allowed me to become visible again. Like mm. I was able to see myself through movement. Right. Um, and I started to dance with my depression, if that makes sense. Mm. I didn't see it as something actually bad. I, I I saw it as, okay, I had to go through that to really understand certain things about myself
0: wow you know Mm. so it
1: became like a a tango if you like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and that's where I I I found dance as being very very powerful yeah Um, and I just wanted to share that with with everyone else and I want to share that with everyone else Mm. and that's why I'm trying to move away from the sort of traditional forms I'm trying to create something that's slightly a bit a bit different but really does speak to us as black people because we, yeah. love, we love to dance. We
0: love to dance. We
1: love to dance. We love music, mm-hmm. but we don't see the value in it.
0: This is true. And it's weird because it's ingrained in all of our cultures. Exactly. And it's like, I, I, was, I was thinking about it recently and like, yeah, you know, every culture is very different and we've got to come away from using Africa as such a generic term. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know a lot of cultures who use dance to celebrate, to mourn, to um just to anything any to mark a certain part of your age or like some kind of rites of passage to for war for victory for failure like everything has some kind of uh, whether it's the drums and that would lead in the dancers and all this kind of stuff but there's always kind of like this use of the body and all of it as well not just the arms or legs but but like the entire
1: the whole being right you know, and I think you, you said it. I mean, dance is something that is literally woven into the fabric of our being, mm-hmm. of our societies. Mm. You know, we use it as a vehicle, like you said, to celebrate, to mourn, to come together. It's a way that we actually fellowship.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: for some people, their spirituality is just through movement. They just dance right. and sing. That's it. Mm. That's how they communicate with the ancestral realm. Mm. Or that's how they communicate with God, through mm. movement. You know, but we don't actually see the value in our movement, mm. in our dance forms, until it's baptised in Western ideology. Then we're like, oh, mm. oh, there's some merit. So we wait for someone else to take it, right? do something with it. And then that's when we start to place the value. And I think now we need to find ways in which we are the, the custodians of what it is that, that we do, mm. you know. Um, yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm here advocating for, for movement, because it's more yeah. than just... You know, step to the right, step to the left. Mm-hmm. Like they say, dance is the completion of all arts. Mm. Like it encompasses everything. Absolutely. You know, like it's it's such a powerful form. Mm-hmm. And when it's utilized right, it it can do so much for the mind, the body, and the spirit. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: So, what would you say to um, people who, because obviously this is this is a podcast that's going to go out to everyone, yeah. right? But uh, I'm even waiting to see who picks up on it and if there's any kind of like specific demographic that relates to more than others but what would you say to people because even within our community mm-hmm. even, even we don't appreciate yeah sometimes um stuff like this but what would you say to them in terms of how to for those people who might be suffering from depression and 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 things like um going to see someone as a counsellor may not be working or yeah. like what would you say to someone who is looking for another way and it may not even necessarily be dance, but um, is there anything you would say to them who are just looking for another answer to help them in terms of therapy?
1: What would I say? I think th- the first thing that I would say, I mean, the most important thing is to, first and foremost, see yourself mm-hmm. um, and understand that wellness is your birthright. You know? Yeah. Um so the question is, what are you prepared to do to really optimize and maximize your well-being? Right. So even if that's um, going to the gym, mm,
0: even
1: mm. If, if that means you know talking to the friend, talking to a friend and having really honest and open, transparent conversations about how you're feeling. Yeah. Um. Even if that means eating better, mm, you know, okay. cutting out certain foods that don't really serve you yeah. well. Um. So it's, it's it's understanding what wellness looks like. Yeah. Or re- what it looks like in theory. Yeah. Um, and then understanding what you then need to do um, to then practice it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just about, yeah, first seeing yourself and seeing that your health is so important. And we see our health as an afterthought. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. as a community, because. Right. We're here to just survive. You know, and, and that, that in itself shows that we're in a constant space of stress.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know. Um, so now we have to change the narrative and say, I'm here to I'm here to thrive. I'm here yeah. to do better, I'm here to do more than just survive. Yeah. You know? And then once you actually open up yourself to that possibility, what does that actually look like? Mm. You know, and now you open up your mind to, to new things. Because right. when you're in a in a space of survival, mm. all you see are things related to you surviving.
0: Right, right, right. When
1: you now place yourself in in a space of thriving now mm. you're saying okay what does this actually look like what do I mm. what do I have to do now to thrive yeah. what do I now what can I now do to be a better version of myself mm. you know how can I really elasticate myself yeah you know um, and that's completely different to just surviving mm. and then you realise that your wellness is is everything right They like, say your health is your wealth like it mm. it really is like if Definitely. you're not healthy you can't do half the things that it is that you want to do Mm. you know like we are currency what we expend is currency so that means we're more than a 10 pound note we're more than a million pounds yeah and once you understand that then you're able to channel that into the things that you feel that you're deserving of Mm. yeah
0: 100% like this this wellness thing is is, um this wellness thing (laughs) (laughs) but but it's obviously something that's, that's become a bit of a buzzword now as well like obviously you've got governments who are talking about putting um uh, meditation into schools yeah, and things yeah. like that like all that perception is changing this is in the west yeah. from what I see mm-hmm. like um, I didn't see evidence of it so much back home and maybe that could be partly because of that concept of survival versus um,
1: thriving,
0: thriving yeah. that's the word I was looking at <laughs> um, but what, what, what would you what would you say is is kind of like for those people who may not have heard about the concept, I know we touched on it before, like, mind, body and spirit, and kind of just having, like, that whole, rounded, Superistic experience, exactly, yeah. like, what would you say, to kind of encourage people, to be aware of, if someone who's, unaware of the concept, what would they need to know, is there, so for example, okay, I've always go for runs, mm-hmm. I thought that was it, like, what else is there, like, what would you say to them?
1: Um, I think it's also about doing research you Mm. know I mean when you want to invest in yourself and do better for yourself Mm. you're going to want to know more knowledge you want to want to come into more knowledge to understand what you then can do yeah to do that for self so if it's just running and you get to that point where you feel like you've hit a plateau Mm. then you're like what else is it that I can do so then you're probably going to look at something else that can help -hmm. To optimize that wellness or well being or whatever it is that you feel that you need, so I think it's just about research, Mm -hmm. which is really important, and it's something that I'm I'm constantly doing. Mm -hmm. You know, just sort of researching and understanding first and foremost what wellness is, yeah, versus how wellness is packaged. Very Mm -hmm. very different. Okay, Um, and also understanding that you can define your wellness. You can define your well being. Because even now, when we look at fitness, there's a particular idea of what a fit person looks like in terms of the body. And it's sometimes nothing
0: to do with the outside. Yeah. yeah.
1: And what we're doing is we're we're forgetting to actually just exercise what's happening within. Mm. You know, the focus is always on the physical, on the aesthetics. Mm. And then we're neglecting what's actually happening within. So you find that a lot of people look fit, but they're broken mentally.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: They're broken emotionally. They're broken spiritually because... They're not doing other things to help with those other muscles or to strengthen those muscles. The focus is just on the physical. Yeah. Um, So it's really understanding that we have to make sure that we're paying attention to each aspect or each facet of who we are.
0: Mm. You know. Yeah. So what will be those aspects? Will be each.
1: So like I said, the physical, Mm -hmm. the emotional, Mm -hmm. um, the spiritual, right? Sort of mental. Yeah. So it's really looking at at those different areas and finding ways in which you can attend to those. Yeah. To those areas. So you feel more whole. Right. You know, and I feel like we're always going to be on a constant journey when it comes to wellness and wellbeing and really trying to um, find that wholeness. But yeah, we have to be willing to understand what that looks like. Hmm. And for each individual, it, it may be different.
0: I really like that concept of wholeness. <laughs> Cause, um, one, it, it's, Starts with W, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm waiting. So, <laughs> you know, because wellness it sounds great, but wholeness to me, when I when I first heard that word, just sounds so much more fruitful. Because, um, I, I don't know if you listened to Chris. Yeah. Chris's like he was talking about being a whole being, mm-hmm. and and what that means to him and and being on a quest for that yeah. in terms of um like you said finding that finding that balance but also being at the height in all of those aspects of mm-hmm. himself which is why i was kind of like prodding around yeah. <laughs> like finding a definition for that but at the end of the day that definition like you said will be up to the individual yeah. um to define but trying to get max you know body emotion spirit and all that kind of stuff and and what it means for him to try and get to those spaces and it was interesting because he was pointing out that in some places they're stronger than others at the moment and that might change on another day yeah um but i guess it boils down to just being aware and asking yourself questions and similar to the concept of meditation just being part of that is being aware of where you are now in terms of all of that mm-hmm. and being honest yeah. <laughs> with yourself
1: when okay, you saw his face when he said honest <laughs> listen
0: i say that that was almost to me like <laughs> just being honest yeah. to yourself would be like okay i'm i'm not okay in in this in this moment i'm overwhelmed or i'm underwhelmed yeah, yeah, yeah. or <laughs> or that kind of thing um but sometimes that kind of open a can of worms so <laughs> like have there been times when you're like um, yeah kind of okay obviously you, we we talked about that cuz i'm i'm thinking about someone who's listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and being like this is something that maybe i haven't been exposed to or maybe i've never heard of at all in terms or, of what in terms wellness, of the concept of being or... wellness okay. being wholeness all of that. Okay. um and even appreciating mental health as much as physical health um, but how would they attain that? Because obviously your your example was, was dance, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like, started out as an outlet. It took you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything you could say, suggest for anyone who's trying to look for something like that? For? For a way to, ex- like... Um,
1: just express and just... Yeah. Um, I mean, I always... For me... I've always been really passionate about dance. Mm. Um, and now I realize that it's literally part of who I am. But for a very long time, once again, I tried to sideline it. Right. Because I was like, there's nothing I can really do with it other than just use it as an outlet. Mm-hmm. And I realized it can be used for so much more. So usually I I say, be a child again. Mm, play. Yeah. Because mm. it's something that we're not doing. Right. Because in you being a child, you remember those things that you actually loved Mm. and you can try and exercise that now. You know, whether that means just being creative, you know, I don't know, making stuff, Mm -hmm. setting a day and just saying, I'm just going to be creative for a day. Um, That's a good idea. Or going for a walk. You know, if you go back to what it was like when you were a child and really think about the things that you loved, Mm. you take that and you bring it into your life now and understand what that can look like now. Yeah. And that helps you to really keep the, the childlike spirit in you alive. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm so inspired by children. I look at them and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. They are my greatest teachers.
0: Yeah. You know, you see I them
1: up at six or five o'clock in the morning, running up and down, doing their thing, probably have a nap, wake up, more energy. With us, we wake up in the morning and we're tired.
0: Mm-hmm. That's Already. because we're
1: holding on to so much stress. Yeah. We're holding on to so much baggage. Yeah, Whereas with kids, you can see they're not holding on to anything. Mm. When you tell them off and they cry... Mm. After, they're not angry with you afterwards they're just like I love you mummy you know they just get let it go it. and they just get on with it with us we hold on to that mm. and the body stores all of that so just yeah. imagine from maybe six mm. taking all of that energy mm. to your thirties yeah you know that's that's a lot of baggage that we're holding on to so now we Real. have to find ways in which we can really let go of it mm. I think the minute that you start to touch base with your childlike childlike spirit mm. you find some answers within that you know so whether that is, you know, being creative or hanging out with your friends more mm. or I think we're so acculturated to isolation and fragmentation that right. we're pushed into a quarantine. Now mm. we're not really coming together mm. and social media, with it being social, we're no. not very social as people, right. you know. So I think it's the, the art of that, really understanding what it's like when you come together with people and being present with those people and experiencing, mm. do you know what I mean, them in that moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of those things All of those things that we're sort of losing But I think the minute you go back To being a child And what it was like growing up You're able to pick out some of those things And be like, okay, cool mm. I believe this will probably help me And right. dance was something that I had always done Right. I was known as a child who was always dancing. I mean, jumping, they used to say. I'm like, <laughs> You're always wasn't, jumping. I wasn't jumping, I was dancing. Thank you very much. Right. But, um, I was known as a child who was always jumping, just rhythmically inclined, used to play the keyboard. Okay. Just loved it, yeah. Mm. Loved music. Loved dance. Um, and it's something I'm doing now. I love, I love music and I love dance. Yeah. Um, and I just love creativity. I just love to be creative as well. Mm. I find myself bringing that into the way that I eat, the way that I dress, right? You know, even the way that I speak. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, you're very proverbial," because right. I feel like my words dance. Yay, so, boss. Thank you, boss. That's, but you know, so yeah. I find that the creative creativity is is sort of like in various different aspects of my life. Right.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Let's talk about the body real quick because like, there's a couple of things you've said through this. Okay. Um, like you were talking about tension earlier and mm-hmm. being able to liberate that through therapy. Just now you're talking about like. Just all the stress that you can hold within your body between six to thirty kind of thing, and then obviously that was just a just arbitrary up, numbers, yeah, but just yeah. like just the concept of of having that um, build up that the the compound interest yeah. of that as there you as go. you as you go on. Uh-huh. Um, what because because I, I think sometimes there's there's obviously a lot of research that has shown the the effect, and you have so many elements that if you go back far enough, that's usually attached to things like stress and and um, and trauma of some yeah. kind of experience that we haven't dealt with. Yeah. Um, talk to us about about that link between the body and that mind. Like how how that mind can affect. Because I think sometimes we don't take it seriously enough.
1: What's that? Just um
0: Like if things happen, we like for example, we had um Belinda who's a naturopathic naturopathic yes. nutritionist, Brilliant. right? In one of one of um the podcasts. And she was talking about how um, a lot of the stuff of what she does right now is that instead of if someone comes to her as um, and has a ailment, headaches and all that kind of stuff, the last line of defense is prescription mm-hmm. of any kind of drug. Yeah, She'll go further back and say, so what are you, what's your daily um, day like and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but then it's usually we'll go to a doctor and just want a pill kind of thing. But for people who are feeling like things like they might have headaches and all that kind of stuff, what would, you, what would you suggest to them as maybe in terms of what it might, what their relationship of what their physical self might be to their mind?
1: I'm just going to sort of deviate quickly and come Absolutely. back. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so what you were saying about what we tend to do is we go to the doctors, mm-hmm. you know, we say that we have this particular problem. They say, take antibiotics, take this tablet and everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, what I've been trying to teach people mm. is really having that connection with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're so disconnected with the body, mm. with the mind, that we're, we'll we put the, the power in someone else's hands. So it's okay for us to just go to the doctor and say, I have a headache. Mm. You know, what do I do? Yeah. I think now what we need to start doing is taking responsibility over our health, over mm. our bodies, you know, so that... You can find alternative ways to actually heal yourself. Okay. You know, so looking at various different herbs. Mm. You know, looking at what you're actually eating. Mm-hmm. Looking at um, what your day looks like. Mm. You know how you can manage stress. Right. Looking at how often. Um, On oh no, and what time you're going to sleep. Mm. you know what time you're waking up so just really looking at all of these various different things
0: <laughs> what happened no i just listened to all this and i'm hearing my mom screaming mm-hmm. this at me like
1: you're doing too much <laughs>
0: you're not eating at the right time or just, all, yeah. all
1: of these things are yeah. you know are going to have an adverse effect on mm. your body um but what we're doing is we're absolving ourselves from accountability and responsibility mm. by just going to the doctor and saying i have a headache what right. do i do Mm. So once again, it's just coming coming into more knowledge, and I think what will help you is to just start connecting with yourself. Start yeah. saying like, I want to help myself. I want to learn more about myself. Mm. I want to understand how to to, to make myself more healthy. Mm. What does that actually look like? Right. But because we are so disconnected from the body, mm. it's okay for us to just say, okay, um, just give me a pill, right? You know, and just take that as gospel and and and, and feel that that's going to work. Yeah. Um, and not really explore the other um, areas of your life mm. that could be impacting whatever it is that you're going through Yeah. Um, so yeah for me it's just really reconnecting with the body I think that's where it really starts mm. um, yeah and it comes down to like self love and self care and all those things really underpin it and because like I said we don't have that love for self, mm. we don't have that care for self, mm. we'll just go to someone else and expect them to care for us mm. Um, And that's how we move in the world. And I always say, we have to be visible to ourselves. Yeah. You know, you can't be invisible to yourself and go out into the world and expect everyone else to see you. Mm. That doesn't Mm. make any sense. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to want to see yourself first. You have to want to see your health first. Right. You know, so I think once you understand that, that then helps you to to open your mind to the various different ways in which you can help yourself. Like Mm -hmm. just heal Mm. You know, like I just promote health in general. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's powerful. And I was, I was thinking about it recently, and um, I remember the first time I think I was aware of this connection between the mind and the body. Yeah, right, was when I snapped at my mum. Wow. Right, and you know we just don't do that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, mm-hmm. so I snapped at my mum, and as I, as I was speaking, I was like, (gasps) part of me was like, I'm going to get whooped. The other part was like, what is going on? Yeah. And I remember my mum was like, um, have you eaten? (laughs) (laughs) It was just that, right? And I was like, what has that got to do with anything? I was like, what? And she was like, have something. It was literally like the Snickers advert. (laughs) Yeah. Like. And I remember eating. I just felt so much better, and it was weird because obviously that's like a really, um, like a funny kind of cliche example. No, but it, it genuinely, true. Like,
1: like
0: as as you started I started
1: to feel better, right?
0: Literally, first like, spoonful, <laughs> I was like,
1: hmm. energy just started to. <laughs> and then as I was eating, I was like, yeah.
0: And then I went back and I apologized and everything, and she was like, yeah, you were just hungry. <laughs> but
1: it's real. Yeah, it's 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 so real. And they say like your, you know, your words. Become flesh. So even down even down to the way that we think about ourselves, that's who we mm. become in the body. Right. And that's who we go out into the world and be. Wow. You know, so that's why it's it's so powerful for us to say, I am powerful, even if you don't believe it, say. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, but I am powerful, I am beautiful, I am intelligent. But what we are telling ourselves is I am ugly. I am this, I am that. And that's who you actually become. You go out into mm. the world and that's who you become. And then you place all of the the responsibility on everyone else to validate you.
0: Right, right. Because
1: you're not willing to validate yourself. Mm. You know, so the mind is very, very powerful. Before you even say it, your thoughts have already formed itself in your body. Mm. You know, so that's why we have to also make sure that we... I call it like a, a language detox. Right. Yeah, just really understand what it is that you're saying to yourself. Absolutely. You know, what does your internal narrative and story look like?
0: I'm just going to be taking loads of hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> language detox. I really yeah. like that. I remember there was um, Wolfgang Muanje, if you're listening, <laughs> right? Because he said something to me once that just like... I wasn't didn't necessarily flip my wig, but it was just like... Mm, I like that and yeah. he was like he said a sentence I can't remember what it was and he was like say for example oh the sky is blue but I can't see it and he's, and he's like actually wait let me rephrase that the sky is blue and I can't see it and he he basically explained that in that period of time in his life that he was being very careful of the word but because it often negates whatever happened before it which is something that we kind of know in terms of yeah. linguistics that's that's yeah. its function almost um, but he was conscious and aware of the effect that, that word was having on him now. Na- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Navigating conversations. Yeah. And what he viewed on himself. Yeah. Cause he would be like, Oh, thanks. But that I go Like after a compliments given <laughs> and internally, yeah. he would not be really accepting the compliment, even though he said,
1: thanks, but because there's always to a deflect it in, in exactly some sort of way. Yeah.
0: So I thought that was really interesting. Um, like that power of, power of words, like we talked about that with Sia, who is on Brilliant. a previous um, uh, podcast because we were talking about just like the power of words. And she, too, is talk- looking at dance and yeah, therapy and the relationship love, between the two. Sia. I really yeah. do love Sia. love Sia. Phenomenal yeah. Sierra Leonean woman. Abs-
1: absolutely. <laughs> West Africa in the house. You know, in the
0: building. <laughs> and that was it. Thank you so much for listening everyone. I hope you enjoyed it and got some value from it. Um, if you want more info, you can go to www.becomeimmersive.co.uk That's www.becomeimmersive.co.uk If you have any questions or queries or you want to just give us a shout out, go to um, becomeimmersive at gmail.com or info at I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is The Lion Learns to Write Reclaiming our narrative through identity, empowerment and creativity. So let's do that. Have an amazing day and see you next episode. Peace.